0: All right. Good morning, good afternoon or good evening, everyone. I am extremely humbled, grateful and excited that we have with us for round number two, the one and only Mr. Ross Coldhart. And so without further ado, sir, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Lovely to talk to you. Nice to talk to your listeners again, too.
0: Thank you so much. And before we get started, Riel, did you want
1: to say hi to the audience as well?
2: Super happy to be here. love Ross's work and really excited to have a second go at our uh, conversation here tonight.
0: Awesome. Well, just to sort of start things off with, just to sort of do a recap, because as of the time we're recording this, this did occur in the last couple of weeks, and I know, sir, you've done many, uh, many, uh, you've given your opinion and all of that and, and your, your, your two cents, if you will, on the uh, Congress hearings in American Congress on uh, the UAP hearings and all of this. Uh, could I ask, sir, uh, just for the sake of, you know, our audience who may have not heard on your end, your, your thoughts and takes on that, what you took away from the hearing, what you think may be coming next, and, and so on and so forth.
1: My take on the the UAP hearing is that it was, at best, a walk back from what was disclosed to the Congress on 25th of June last year. They left any reasonable person watching the congressional hearing that ultimately, yeah, we're going to find a a prosaic explanation for this phenomenon and, uh, you know, these images that have been recorded uh, by us navy snoopy teams uh over vessels they're just drones it's a nice neutral human terrestrial technological word drones uavs and you know um uh and uh essentially unmanned aerial vehicles and uh and ultimately uh, you know don't you guys worry your tiny little heads uh us in the us navy and intelligence services are on top of this issue and um you know bottom line is um these are responsible people on um, uh, social media, are uh, making wild speculation, there's nothing to it, go away. And I, I got a horrible sense, frankly, I mean, I was I'm actually very grim about the prospects for further hearings, if the caliber of the witnesses are the caliber of people like Scott Bray and Ronald Moultrie. Uh, I thought they were disingenuous at best. And possibly even deceitful Uh, i got the feeling that they were trying to mislead the congress uh, and i don't believe they were open and honest about what they really know i'm sorry i just have to tell you what i think for example um it beggars belief in my view that that an official who regards themselves as as competent could possibly assert that they're unaware of the connection between nuclear weapons and unidentified aerial phenomena. I mean, it just beggars belief. Not only have there been absolutely magnificent books written about it by uh, such as UFOs and nukes, um, there are a multitude of witnesses who have previously not only offered their evidence and given their evidence directly to government agencies, uh, such as uh, bob stallas um th- there is just an absolute plethora of evidence on government files and archives to show that there is an incontrovertible link between uaps ufos and um nuclear weapons and so that in and of itself to me was disingenuous at best and deceitful at worst um i hope it's not deceitful and i hope that uh public officials in my country and in yours are eventually going to be more open. And I certainly hope that the um, quality of the questioning from the congressional representatives is improved as well. I mean, uh, there's been a lot of um, hail fellow well-met backpacking, back patting, back patting by different commentators, asserting that the questions from different uh, representatives were really to the point and spot on. but time and time again as i was listening i was thinking oh come on don't let them get away with that come on seriously this is just appalling i mean for example for them not to know about the admiral wilson memo the ewd notes is just utterly absurd i mean the former head of the defense intelligence agency admiral tom wilson is accused in these notes which are i believe recorded by eric Davis, who's now working for Aerosport Base Corporation, of making damning admissions about some kind of secret program inside the US government. Even if it is BS, which it may very well be, but even if it is BS, I cannot believe that anybody who regards themselves as having a watching brief on the UAP issue could possibly make an assertion to Congress that they're unaware of the Admiral Wilson notes. It's just breathtaking to me. Why did they put up witnesses to speak to the Congress who frankly do not know about the two primary issues, uh, nuclear weapons and, um, and UAPs and uh, the uh, ongoing allegations of some kind of crash retrieval program in the US government? I mean, we are way beyond idle speculation uh, about whether or not the US government has retrieved technology that may may not be of this world you've got people like eric davis who has repeatedly asserted to different podcasts different interviews that that he is aware of a crash retrieval program that there has been technology recovered by the us government you've got people like christopher mellon who has supported the credibility of witnesses like lou elizondo and davis You've got a non-comment from people like Dr. Hull Puthoff. You've got my witness in my book, uh, Nat Kobitz, the former director of science technology development for the US Navy. There is a preponderance of witnesses who assert that the United States government is in possession of recovered technology. And for any reasonable, well-informed representative of the US government to purport that they're unaware of such claims and to dismiss. Uh, did you notice also the thing that really shocked me was I've forgotten the exact form of words, but when one of the witnesses was asked about an awareness of any recovered technology, you know, they put the, the issue of recovered technology to them. Yes. And I think the answer was they weren't aware of any contractual programs. Now, that was a glaring red light for anyone who knows anything about this issue because clearly the allegation that is absolutely explicit in the admiral wilson documents is that there is an off books special access program waived unacknowledged special access program where a crash retrieval program has been passed on to private aerospace and is being concealed in private aerospace now we are not as a group, in a position to be able to judge the veracity of such a claim. I mean, I I'm aware of the Admiral Wilson document. In my book, I say that I am agnostic on the document, because frankly, we cannot reach a conclusion and unless and until either the Admiral himself admits the conversation happened and it's a true record of events, or somebody else comes forward and corroborates the information within that document but for an official of the united states intelligence services to come forward and testify to the congress that they're not aware of any contractual program that to me begged for a follow-up question from one of the representatives to say excuse me sir what do you mean contractual program can you not just give us a categorical denial? Are you aware of any retrieved technology anywhere that has ever been in the possession of the US government or to your knowledge is being held anywhere in private aerospace or private industry? That was the way to ask that question. Nobody did. Now, frankly, if the representatives of the US Congress, I presume it will be the Senate that asks the questions next. And I hope the senators' questions are more intelligent than the representatives' because, frankly, the pissant way that they asked questions in the um, Congress the other day, you're never going to get answers. You really won't if you let people like Scott Bray or Ronald Moultrie evade questions in the way they so clearly evaded questions. Uh, it, It was shambolic and frankly, the self-congratulatory tone that's been taken by some representatives about how cleverly they skewered the witnesses to me is bewildering because I must have been at a different hearing. They let them off the hook. And frankly, if the public is to get answers on this issue, you need far more forensic questioning. I mean, sorry, this is a long answer, but you know, for example, Christopher Mellon, He wrote an op-ed piece on his website, which was published a week or so before the hearing, where Mellon posed some of the questions that ought reasonably to be posed by some of the congressional representatives to these two witnesses. None of those questions were asked. He was asking about the NRO satellites that are in orbit. What kind of technology are they developing? Are they detecting anomalous objects? He was asking about underwater detection systems. None of those questions were asked. And frankly, all I saw were a bunch of congressional representatives who felt very, very ill-informed, asking extremely ill-informed questions. And frankly, if that's the quality of the congressional representatives who are asking the questions on UAPs in the future, then frankly, we don't deserve the truth, if that's the sort of people we elect. They've got to ask more intelligent questions and they've got to be prepared to listen and follow up when they detect an evasion and well, they need to take advice from people like christopher mellon lua lizondo now look i'm hearing that we're going to get more follow-up congressional hearings and i'm hearing that yes there will be more questions asked which are more penetrative and incisive but I think for the two witnesses that appeared before Congress the other day, it must have been being like being mauled by a toothless guppy
0: why why do you think that is ross and i ask this because again you've been uh, quite uh, respectfully outspoken with respects to trying to advocate for more transparency in this regard as a journalist and i think that's absolutely fantastic but do you see for example the witnesses in which testified just a handful of days ago do you see that flat out red light denial of any acknowledgement or you know being aware of anything of uh, any uh, contractual um, you know materials science or materials knowledge do you see that as potentially sort of final stand from a a certain element or faction within the Pentagon, per se, to sort of nip this in the butt, hopefully.
1: I I don't know, I don't know Scott Bray or Ronald Moultrie, and I'm sure they regard themselves as patriotic, honorable American officials. But either they came into the Congress badly informed, badly prepared, or, and I don't like to think this, they came in with a deliberate intention to deceive or mislead. Uh, I don't know which one it is. I sincerely hope that officials of your government did not come in with an intention to deceive or mislead, because frankly, if they do take that position, it's going to be undone. Because the Congress and the Senate, I'm told, are going to keep on asking hard questions. And I mean, I've spoken to sources who've told me they watched with incredulity at how soft the questioning was, and like me, they were appalled at the congratulatory, self-congratulatory nonsense from different representatives about how hard they questioned. This is, if it's true, and I believe it is, if it's true that officials of the US government know a lot more than they're letting on about the phenomenon of UAPs, they're not going to let go lightly and i do believe there's a strong possibility if not likelihood that crimes have been committed by certain officials to conceal what they know i mean the the implications of a press statement that was made by the science advisor for president obama in 2011 one one of the things that i'm taught as a journalist is with politicians and public servants you hold them to the comments that they've made in the past. And so in Australia, for example, we have the parliamentary Hansard, which is the record of what's said in the parliament. And if somebody willingly or knowingly misleads the parliament, a bit like your Congress, then that can be a contempt of the parliament and they can actually be fined and punished by the parliament for misleading the house. Now, the same rules apply in your Congress These witnesses are under oath. This hasn't happened for 54 years. And 54 years ago, when witnesses appeared under oath before the Congress, the same thing happened that's happening now. The same kind of evasion, the same kind of equivocatory answer the congressional representatives and the senators that are going to be questioning the witnesses that are coming in the next hearings they're only going to get one or two goes at this if they don't follow up with aggressive questions which are driven by the assumption that the u.s government knows a lot more than it's letting on then you're going to lose this battle and it'll be another 54 years before you have any more hearings Right. I don't think, I mean, I've, I've spent my career investigating bureaucrats that don't want to reveal things. Right. And it was patently obvious to me that either Mr. Bray or Mr. Moultrie did not come to the Congress adequately prepared, or they came to the Congress with an intention to deceive and mislead. I sincerely hope they were just badly prepared because they mm-hmm. hadn't done their homework. Mm. and and the congressional representatives that were asking the questions had not done their homework either I mean really they squandered the opportunity and I'm concerned for example I only read this morning that congressional representative Tim Burchett wanted to be one of the group that was questioning but he was told that he wasn't allowed to participate now I'm not a fan of a lot of his politics but frankly I like the questions he's asking because (laughs) When you have officials like Lou Elizondo, former very senior officials in the office of the Undersecretary of Defense Intelligence, asserting flatly that they believe that the US government is in possession of technology that is not of this world, what the hell is going on? Why are we pussyfooting around and letting witnesses who are in the stand for the first time in half a century why did people not follow up with harder questions and skewer them and say whoa you just said contractual sorry let's just forget all the equivocation for a moment mr bray or mr moultrie we want a flat answer are you aware of any recovered non-human technology anywhere period so
0: with that said uh ross do you think and i i truly i, I Absolutely see where you're coming from and I I couldn't agree more to the extent in which that I think it's potentially you know factions elements behind the scenes. uh, As you say, potentially in some cases contextually committing uh, legitimate crimes in order to keep this quiet so with that said, do you think it is going to take someone like. um, Like the Admiral like Admiral Wilson like someone like Dr Eric Davis like uh, someone of that caliber to testify in the open and say yes this is what's happened do you think that's what's needed
1: well there's an implicit assumption in your question that i believe that admiral tom wilson is at the moment being disingenuous about whether or not he had a conversation with dr eric davis as i've said in my book i i think we need to start from basics and because we can't corroborate that document we can't rely on it so even though i guess There are a number of witnesses that have led me to the view that the document may well be genuine and that people like Hal Putoff, Eric Davis have been conspicuous in their unwillingness to declaim the document and say that it's not a genuine document. Because Tom Wilson has essentially made it clear that he denies the contents of that document, we can't rely on it in any way. And for the benefit of your listeners who are wondering what we're talking about, this is a document that recorded an alleged conversation between Dr. Eric Davis, a very well-respected astrophysicist, and Admiral Tom Wilson that allegedly took place in the car park of, believe it or not, EG&G, the people who do a lot of the logistics for Area 51 in Las Vegas in 2002 and it was essentially the follow-up of a conversation that um, admiral tom wilson did have for sure with dr stephen greer and a host of other people from his organization in 1997 where greer allegedly confronted the, the admiral with code name special access programs which he believes conceal the existence of an alleged crash retrieval program in the us government a massive conspiracy okay a huge allegation but what's interesting to me is admiral tom wilson has already told billy cox the uh, journalist uh in an interview that was only done last week that even if he is called he's going to testify that the conversation never happened and that the uh, memo is indeed not authentic and it's a it's a fake now of course we won't know that for sure unless and until admiral tom wilson gets called but it's not admiral tom wilson that i would like to see called i'd like to see him called in connection with all of the members of the senior review group and the special access program oversight committee every single one of them because they're the people who are the gatekeepers for this secret. And if it's true that the conversation did take place between Admiral Tom Wilson and Dr. Eric Davis about the existence of an alleged crash retrieval program in the US government, then Admiral Tom Wilson made it very clear in that memo that if he was asked about it, he was going to have to lie about it because that's what you have to do with a waived unacknowledged special access program. So the big question is, and this is the big question in my mind, let's assume that Scott Bray and Ronald Maltrey, the two witnesses that gave evidence to the congressional hearing are honorable men. And let's assume that they have a very good reason for taking the position that they've taken. Okay, what could it be? I'm only speculating here, but is it possible I take it as a given. I'm in no doubt really at all, frankly, even though I haven't seen it. I can't 100% say it, but I do think the U.S. government is in possession of retrieved technology, possibly intact craft. And I base that not only just on what Lua Lizondo has said, but also on what my source Nat Kobitz from the U.S. Navy's R&D department said and, and a number of the other people that I've spoken to as a result of his introductions to people that I've spoken to inside what's euphemistically called the program. So I I do believe there's some truth to the notion that the US has recovered technology. Why, Why would they continue to evade discussing it? And the best explanation that I've got, and this is only speculation, is if there is a technology that lies behind this discovery, And if the US, as I suspect it is, is still in the process of trying to understand and develop that technology, whoever controls that technology essentially runs the planet for the next 100 or so years. Because I'm told that the technology isn't as complex as people might think, and that if anybody was to discover it, the thing that worries those in power in positions of influence is the capacity that it gives any madman, any radical, any extremist to use a technology that could essentially destroy the planet. You know, it's, it's you know, essentially extracting energy from the vacuum. It's um, positive lift, anti-gravitics, hypersonic maneuvers, all of the five observables. This is a technology that would revolutionize warfare. Um, And, you know, the best explanation that I've been able to get, and I like to think the best of public officials, is that something has been discovered, but a judgment has been made that the public is not yet mature enough, that humans are just too damn warlike and factionalized to know about it. Now, if that's the position that's been taken by those in power, in authority, and I suspect it might indeed be a thing across the five eyes nations i suspect that it's known outside of the united states from my conversations with certain people the difficulty is the secret's out times have changed and i don't think that's a sustainable position anymore and the big question now is going to be let's assume admiral wilson or every single member of the senior review group which is the body that oversights special access programs the biggest secrets in the u.s government let's let's assume that people in the special access program oversight committee even if they are called that they're prepared to lie about it under oath before congress because this is a secret that's worth keeping
0: could this be what what? do we do Right. Could this be due to potential espionage uh, developments or
1: conflicts with other uh, world nations, potentially, in your opinion? I don't know. I mean, I'm only speculating. I'm just trying to put, I I mean, I I got the distinct impression from Moultrie and Bray that they're actually trying to walk back from admissions that were made even in the june 25th uap task force report last year because the impression that i think any reasonable person was left with from the uap task force report was that there is indeed a plausible explanation that this may in fact be a non-human technology but the impression that was given i felt overwhelmingly to the congress in the hearing last week after what's that nearly a year of deliberations is that? Oh no, no, no! We're thinking that we can probably reasonably identify this, given the time, as um, you know, UAVs, and uh, this is a technology that is probably terrestrial. You know, I think the public, any reasonable person watching that, was given reason to be sceptical about a non-human intelligence being responsible for the phenomenon. Now, I know that's disingenuous. I know that's a deceit on the public, and I don't know why they're doing it. I'm only speculating. But the most plausible explanation in my mind, if you assume that they are honorable people, is that they are trying to conceal the existence of a technology that they are themselves trying to develop, which is still in development, uh, and they don't want to admit knowledge of that technology in order to protect the American public. Maybe that's the explanation, I I, I don't know. Either that, or they're aware of their own criminality and they don't want to admit it. And I don't like to think that because I do like to think the very best of our public officials. And contrary to what a lot of people think, I actually think most people who work in intelligence services and defense forces do it for honorable motives. Most of them are very intelligent people who could probably get a far bigger dollar working in private defense aerospace, but they choose to do it because they care about public service. But what I think needs to happen here is their position needs to be understood as being untenable because there is a determination i'm talking to congressional representatives their staffers members of certain committees senators and their staffers and certainly the feeling that i get is there is a desire to ask the hard questions and I was just perplexed. I was just absolutely flown, blown by the um, ridiculously stupid questions that were asked at the UAP hearing last week. Because um, I, I do not comprehend the self congratulatory pats on the back they were all giving themselves about what a great job they'd done. I thought they let them off the hook, and right. and what 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 was being presented there was an opportunity for the Congress to tell their witnesses what i know they've been shown in private hearings that their position is untenable that there are objects that they have seen videos of that they have been given the data describing which cannot reasonably be described as human terrestrial uavs drones you know th- th- that was a deliberate attempt to mislead is my interpretation right. And i don't know and i don't know why they're doing that
0: well, from a from a perspective of, of espionage, if you will, and again uh, to your point, sir, I'm not trying to justify any type of uh, walking back of any kind. But to me, again, just speculating here, um, if if you'd be willing to, I know recently, um, I'm just paraphrasing here, you've spoken on a um, an individual uh, named Ning Li, a Chinese American who uh, allegedly ran a um, a very black program out of Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, I know that you had continued on to elaborate about how there are Constant uh, sort of espionage um, wars, if you will, where people's food are getting poisoned and things like this. Um, I, I <laughs> Look, wonder
1: if, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've just so you know, I've copped a bit of stick for this on UFO social media uh, because a lot of people are saying, oh, this is Kultat shooting his mouth off again. And, you know, he's got no sources to prove this and he hasn't given his sources on, on the record. And I think what lies at the heart of that criticism is a fundamental misunderstanding of investigative journalism. Great newspapers like The New York Times, TV networks like ABC, NBC, CBS rely on background sources all the time. This is how journalism works. And the reason why we use background sources, we'd love to get people on the record. I would love to have, I don't know, Admiral Tom Wilson swearing on a Bible saying, This is the truth of what happened. But the reality is there are people inside the U.S. defense and intelligence establishment that are talking to people like me and other journalists and other people who are commentating on this issue. And they are reluctant to go public because they are technically in breach of their security oath by speaking to me. But some of them do. They make extraordinary claims. And one of the claims that you're alluding to is an interview i did in december last year where i talked about my understanding that a large number of the scientists that are working on what's euphemistically called the program are based in and around huntsville alabama and that rightly or wrongly that city has become the focus of a very intense espionage effort by overseas spy services and that it had been reported to me by not one but two sources that there have been deliberate attempts to cause injury to people who are working on the periphery of that program and there was concern that some of the people that are working in the program are not being adequately protected and this is one of the reasons why i was being contacted and other friends of mine have been contacted as well that there's a concern that basically scientists working in essentially research related to ongoing anti-gravitics research um, uh, are suffering harassment from overseas espionage, intelligence services. Um, As regards Ning Li, she's now passed away. She was a a Chinese American scientist of great repute who told my good friend, Nick Cook back in 2003, the chap who wrote The Hunt for Zero Point. She told Nick, or she left Nick with the impression that she was a lot closer to a breakthrough in anti antigravitics uh, than I think publicly has been acknowledged by the US government. And certainly, uh, I'm not suggesting that the research which is ongoing at the moment is definitively linked to Ning Li's research, but I'm told that anti antigravitics research continues in the United States at the moment. And indeed, you know, any diligent researcher can find reference to programs that, uh, such as GRASP, um, which um, uh, are still functioning and referred to in the black world. I don't know how advanced they are, uh, and neither should I, frankly. I mean, I'm cheering them on, frankly. If if America can get a breakthrough in anti-gravitics before the Russians or the Chinese, I bloody well hope they do because frankly, I wouldn't want authoritarian dictatorships like the Russians or the Chinese controlling the technology that is represented by the propulsion systems that we're seeing in our skies. And that's implicit in the conversations that I'm having with people from all over the world. There's a genuine concern at the moment that there's essentially a a Cold War, there's an arms race going on between Uh, the good guys, the Five Eyes Alliance and and people in Uh, russia and china who are determined to try and get an advance in this technology ahead of the americans and they'll do that at any cost they'll do that with espionage if necessary Mm. and so to that extent i'm actually sympathetic and understanding of why there may be a reluctance inside the intelligence community to make any kind of official admission and it's why i'm skeptical that we're going to see any kind of rollover before the congress where Some official actually admits, rolls over supine and lets them tickle his tummy and basically says, yeah, okay, it's true. We've been lying to you guys all along for the last 70 years. I just don't think we're going to see that
0: now this pertaining to and thank you that's actually what i was leading to asking uh, relative to the hearings if maybe something maybe perhaps had been delayed or slowed down due to certain clandestine espionage uh, affairs now i want to be very clear for the audience this is simply uh what a, a
1: source has told you does not mean that it is uh, you know factual or true um again it could be it, it could be disinformation and one of one of the things that i'm mindful about is you know there's any number of times where I've spoken to officials who might have been strongly of the view have intentionally tried to mislead me. Uh, and I think a lot of journalists working in this area feel the same thing. It's very easy to be inveigled by a secret source that just because somebody in a uniform or or with an intelligence background comes back to you and basically says, look, this this is what I know, know, doesn't mean you necessarily believe them. You look for corroboration. You ask for details about the alleged program that they're talking to you about, and you try and corroborate it by looking for public sources um and it's incredibly hard to do because of course if this is a secret program it's sewed up inside a waived unacknowledged special access program and in all certainty they're doing their level best to try and conceal it and good luck to them are are you because I regard myself I regard myself by the way as a patriotic person your country and my country are very close allies right would be one of my worst nightmares to do anything that could compromise a valuable intelligence operation that is building technology that could give America and my country and your alliance a strategic advantage over evil people that are doing terrible things in this world. I mean, right now, the brutal thug that is despoiling Ukraine, Vladimir Putin, would give his left arm to have a technology that could do what these objects are doing in the skies. He makes a big song and dance about his hypersonic missiles. But imagine what the technology that is represented by UAPs could do if it exists, if it's real. Right. The US government, that's the amazing thing. The amazing thing is the US government has admitted it's real. So something is operating a technology on this planet. Which is far beyond known human technology, period. Nope. I mean, I, 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 and and the, the 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 responses that were given by Moultrie and Bray to the congressional committee a week ago didn't address that. You know, you, the, the, this is the myopia of a lot of people looking at this issue, that people need to ask their questions from the standpoint that we've gone beyond the years of obfuscation and denial now the u.s military has been dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century and it has been forced to acknowledge by its own uap task force that this is a technology operating on this planet that cannot be explained by u.s government technology acknowledged black or otherwise, or Amer- or Chinese or Russian technology. If it's not theirs, whose is it? Right. That's the issue. And and, and all questions to congressional witnesses need to operate from that paradigm. Right. You know, it's no longer good enough for people like Moultrie or Bray to sit there and say, well, you know, we've looked at these videos that Jeremy Corbell put up online and um. You know frankly they're uavs you know now that we've done our analysis and, why a, did they uh, just let them get away with that i mean seriously and well, i mean why does why does so much of the um why does so much of the uh the uh u.s media not approach their questioning on this issue with a level of aggression when they realize that the u.s Has done a complete backflip from 70 years of denial and 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 essentially lies so what we're at the stage now is we're, we're 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 now at the stage 54 years on from the last congressional hearing you now have an opportunity in your government to actually question public officials but believe me it's an easily squandered opportunity if you just let them get away with it
0: are you of the opinion, Ross, um, that con- maybe certain Congress uh, representatives have been uh, approached to say, "Listen, they're, they're and I'm not saying this is a good nor bad thing, but may have been approached and have told been told, "Listen, there will be more hearings. Save the tough questions for later." Now, again, whether that's why for- would they do that? Right. Yes. To play devil's advocate. Exactly.
1: I mean, I, what, exactly. what was the point of that? Because I mean, essentially, I, my my worry is is that what the two witnesses thus far have left the public with the very strong impression is there's not much to this you know really this is just a bunch of hysterical ufo ufo tinfoil hat wearing crazy people making wild allegations you know go back to your comfortable lives they're UAVs. We'll figure out what they are soon. Don't worry about it. But let the guys with the alien hats think about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, and look, the reality is, is that a lot of the mainstream media has been bought off with that explanation for much of the last seventy years, and there hasn't been aggressive investigative journalism into this issue for easily fifty years. Can I? And and it, it's amazing to me. It just gobsmacks me because when you actually look at the evidence, even the evidence in their own archives the level of deceit and I, I tried to explain this in my book in plain sight and as you know i do that podcast with bryce zabel need to right. know today and and we we regularly raise from the history the reasons why there needs to be much more aggressive questioning and it, it's just complete inconsistence that 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 The the media is still letting these officials off the hook, you know, you could almost hear the exhales of relief from conservative mainstream media with with a few notable exceptions when the uh, the issue of You know what the congress was presented with was presented for analysis because they went with the comfortable explanations you know that essentially this is a uav you know that we're on top of this issue you know there was all this calming language you know we're we're investigating this issue but you know we're pretty confident you know we can we can get on top of this issue the public i think was left with an overwhelming impression that this is a big hullabaloo about nothing when in fact the implications of this are momentous right
0: and with that said i did want to ask before we get to rial i know he has a couple of questions for you sir pertaining to the um uh, to the um uh, clandestine espionage um alabama you know oper- alleged um you know sort of con- cold war conflict occurring have were you by chance told why um the the poisoning of food and what have you was uh, occurred was it to extract data from the scientists? was it to kill them was
1: no it to- I, I i looked at, the way it was explained to me there is a campaign of deliberate harassment by overseas intelligence services against scientists that are believed to be working on to use elizondo's <laughs> words breakthrough technology And and essentially anything that can be done to discourage those people or unseat them or unnerve them is the kind of psychological warfare that overseas intelligence services use. Um, uh, You know, frankly, there's a battle going on between Russia, China, and America for next level breakthrough technology. And if it's true that there is anti-gravitic technology being developed I'm not saying that it's being operated, but I'm saying that it's being developed and that there are attempts to try and develop this technology. And, and indeed, what's implicit behind that are in energy systems extracting energy in a way that is completely revolutionary. Massive amounts of energy being drawn upon the, the capacity for room temperature, superconductors, all of that sort of stuff. Breakthrough moments in technology that would completely revolutionize. Not only propulsion systems but energy a lot of the world's problems the last thing you want to have to do is talk publicly about that and that's why i'm saying that i think that any official worth their salt will fight like as we say in australia like a blue assed fly to try and basically stop that information from becoming public and um, I can respect and understand that. And so that's why the questioning needs to be incisive. It's, it's why Congress mustn't let these people off the hook. And they, more importantly, they mustn't be bought off with a lame national security explanation, because if they are, this will just disappear back into the black for another 20, 30, 50 years. Right, right. Uh, Riel, please, did you want to jump in?
2: Thank you, totally, yeah. So. This is about, uh, well, I've got a few comments and questions. The first one is about uh, Mr. Moultrie there. And I couldn't help but notice the way that he broke the ice with the congressional hearing uh, to start. But what were your thoughts on that? Because it seemed like the intention was to make him personable and relatable and almost kind of mock the entire field of UFOs by talking about he's a, a longtime science fiction fan. Well, it he used to go like to Comic Cons and all that.
0: It seemed like he was trying to go two steps forward in order to go five back, essentially. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I did feel that. I mean, I, I, I look, I, again, I, I can only emphasize, I actually do want to think the best of these people. I've spoken to people, not Moultrie or Mr. Bray, but I've spoken to people at the top of the US intelligence establishment as part of my job. Um, and and i like them a lot of the times you know they liaise with my government and as part of the five eyes alliance and you know ultimately These guys at the moment, they're distracted by a war in Ukraine. I mean, you've just signed $40 billion in support to the people of Ukraine. I can understand why there's this massive intelligence effort going on at the moment in Ukraine and why they might be thinking, why am I being distracted to have to respond to congressional questions about UFOs? Um, And I did think that there was a bit of flippancy in both men's comments from both Mr. Bray and Mr. Moultrie. Bray, Bray to his credit, he actually acknowledged that since the early 2000s, we've seen an increasing number of unauthorized and unidentified aircraft or objects in military controlled training areas, training ranges and other airspace. But you see in and of itself, that statement was disingenuous, because we know <laughs> it's in their files, that the US has been seeing this stuff for literally decades since at least World War II and earlier. And so, you know, he, he led, I mean, Bray started out by referring to an increase in quadcopters and unmanned aerial systems. And um, he also referred to clutter, such as mylar balloons and air trash. And, and I, I think his opening paragraph, a bit like Moultrie's, was, was it designed to assu- the the public suspicion that this might be something more technologically advanced. And yes, they acknowledged the UAP task force and they talked about how the UAP task force had made the um, report. But the problem I have with both witnesses' comments is there is this deliberate attempt at the moment by the US military to constrain the narrative. It's like UAPs, UFOs have only just been discovered since The USS Nimitz incident of around about 2004, so the beginning of this millennium. And implicitly, what that's doing is trying to constrain public scrutiny or indeed congressional questioning about what's happened earlier. So, the period of alleged crash retrievals, the period of a huge scientific endeavor in the black world to try to crack this technology that has allegedly been recovered, that is being excised from the public narrative we're being presented with a narrative where essentially two witnesses from the defense intelligence community are basically asserting yes there is this mystery and we're we're devoting resources to try and investigate it and yes congressmen and women we're we're going to do our level best to try and bring you the data you need to help the united states government protect itself against this potential national security threat and flight safety issue Now, the reason I call bullshit on that is because their own documents show that both since the Second World War right through to the end of Project Blue Book, but even since Project Blue Book, there's never been any cessation in the interest in the US government in the phenomenon. There's been reporting going on for years. It's just that the issue has been suppressed from public awareness. And now we're being fed this narrative that, oh gosh, we've just discovered this mystery is real. Goodness me, guys, you've been right all along. UAPs are real, my goodness me. Well, I promise you, we're going to now devote our resources and our tasking our people to actually collect the data. And whatever it is, we think it's probably Mylar balloons and UAVs and drones, but whatever it is, we're going to get an answer for you as soon as we get the, the resolution done by our investigators. Now, that is a completely disingenuous, deceitful narrative. And I hope that's not what they're trying to convey. Because, you know, the, I mean, one of the most interesting comments um, uh, that, that came from these people is... They, they made a, um, an admission that they were getting their own reports from people. Like I think Scott Bray referred to the fact that a senior, senior, uh, pilot with over 2000 flying hours had called him personally from the flight line to talk about an encounter that he'd just experienced. Now that was the moment where I was waiting for, I don't know, representative Gallagher or, or, um, one of the people to basically step in and say, what did he tell you? What did he tell you he'd seen? And then when he gets the account of what that pilot says he'd seen, it was open for the Congress to then say, well, he says he saw a a cube within a translucent sphere, which is what a lot of these pilots are seeing off the East Coast. What what do you think it was? Off the West Coast, they've been seeing tic tacs, things that look like giant peppermints. What is this? Do you think that's plausibly explained as as a UAV or a drone? Do drones travel at hypersonic speeds? Uh, Isn't the thing that distinguishes all of these objects that they are all described by the parameters of the five observables? Hypersonic speeds, instantaneous maneuvers, uh, instantaneous philosophy, uh, uh, transmedium travel, stealth mode. Um, Oh God, what's the other one? I've forgotten. But the bottom line is it's disingenuous for them to come to the congress and go oh yes um since 2000 we've been investigating this and we now acknowledge it's a real issue that in and of itself is a deceit now i don't know why they're being deceitful but i think my suspicion is that they're trying to constrain the narrative that what they don't want to do is talk about what they know behind the scenes and i I think there was another line that. Bray used when he said, you know, when individual UAP are, in, are resolved, they likely fall into one of five potential explanations. Airborne clutter, natural um, atmospheric phenomenon, US government or US industry black programs, uh, a foreign country adversary, um, or another uh, Then that allows for a a possibility of surprise and potential um, scientific discovery now the reality is it's the other we we're already at the other point it's that other point that the congress needs to focus on because we know that it's not we've been given categorical assurances under oath by u.s officials including by these officials that it's not something that they're aware of but what did mr bray do Mr. Bray then responded to one individual video that's been posted by my colleague, uh, Jeremy Corbell, which um, has been described by a lot of debunkers as bokeh, a distortion caused by night vision goggles. And um, they categorically asserted to the um, Congress that frankly, um, uh, uh, you know, this was we've accumulated sufficient data now to help us draw conclusions that this is a result of light passing through night vision goggles and then being observed by an SLR camera. I don't mean to suggest that everything that we observe is identifiable. This is a great example of how it takes considerable effort to understand what we're seeing. But did you notice he never actually explained what it was? Right. They called a Snoopy team, I think on the USS Russell, a US Navy vessel. The fact that you call a Snoopy team, and this is borne out by the released documents on FOI, means they thought it was a UAP. If they'd thought it was a drone, they could have just blown it out of the sky and then moved on. But the idea that drones could hover over a U.S. Navy vehicle for a considerable period of time without interdiction by U.S. military forces, without the use of technologies that they do have to bring such an object down, and that these objects were able to operate with impunity over US Navy vessels, that's the issue. And so this is my point, is that US congressional representatives asking questions, just let themselves be glibly assured, oh yeah, it's just bokeh caused by night vision goggles and then being recorded by an SLR camera. You know, we figured it out boys, don't worry about it. But if you think about it, these are vessels on the open ocean, way out to sea, at least 30 miles out to sea, with drones that were seen hovering for some considerable period of time. How are unmanned aerial vehicles, drones, even if they're quadcopters, able to hover over an area in the open ocean with impunity over a, an area of patrolled naval, naval airspace without being blown out of the sky by the US Navy? I mean, well, thank what you for we... bringing
2: that up, Ross, because that's, you know, the, when uh, that was actually asked about the USOs, and they said we'll answer that in the private hearing. So uh, could I ask you, in your research in, into all of this, what do you speculate could be that they don't really want to tell us about what's going on underwater, compared to looking up at the skies, what's happening in the oceans, for example?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we know that there are USOs, I mean, we know from witnesses that there are underwater submerged objects that have been detected traveling. If not, certainly hundreds of knots and potentially faster than the speed of sound underwater is one of the allegations we've heard, which is just technically impossible for any known technology on this planet. So I I can only speculate about what's being said in the closed hearings, but the mere fact that they said they had to go to closed hearings. There's two possible explanations. One is they didn't want to compromise sources and methods that they use to gather intelligence, which is often the excuse that they use that you don't want to reveal to your adversary how you get this intelligence and that's perfectly reasonable or they don't want to reveal the existence of a technology that is so mind-blowing superior to yours you don't want to admit a significant strategic disadvantage And, and the problem is we don't know my friends we just don't know what the explanation is and that's the issue and so you know when when they were asking the questions and they were told look we need to go to closed hearings." I actually think it was incumbent on the congressman to say, "Okay, we're not asking you to give the detail of what you're going to tell us in the closed hearings, but can you please explain why you want to go to closed hearing?" I, I think that's reasonable. You know, it doesn't compromise national security to say, "Look, there are certain sources and means and methods that we use to gather information that we can't reveal in open hearing." We don't want to reveal the parameters of sensor systems. We don't want to reveal the uh, location of uh, navy vessels at certain times in the in, in this incident. We don't want to reveal that we had a submarine underwater that was using acoustic systems that are not yet disclosed publicly. We we have no idea. That I think, you know, you shouldn't let people off the hook. I agree. This this is my issue, and and um, uh, you know I've I've seen. Bureaucrats when they don't want to answer questions and when they're looking uncomfortable and frankly, Moultrie and Bray looked uncomfortable at times and they kept on using the private hearings as a way of deflecting questions that they didn't want to answer.
0: Well, to sort of wrap this up, I know obviously we've just gone over the, uh, the the limit and I wanna thank you, sir, for your time. I just wanted to get one, your opinion, if, um, if it's all right, on when I believe representative Gallagher held up the uh, Wilson Davis memo and uh, Bray and Moultrie, they, they looked at each other Kind of like holy crap, we weren't expecting this. Now maybe I could be wrong in interpreting that, but what did you get? Because they both looked at each other and then they they looked back at the congressman and said, "No, I, I believe I'm paraphrasing here." They said, "We're not familiar with that." In my head, I'm like, "Oh come on, oh come." You're even if, as they call it, scuttlebutt. You know, rumor in the intelligence. You are an intelligence officer agent, day in, day out. You you haven't heard about that thing? Give me a break. I mean,
1: well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know, I can't speculate about what it was that passed between the eyes of the two intelligence officials. But as I've said to you, I like to think the best of people. And so if the best interpretation is that they came into the Congress ill prepared without knowledge of the Admiral Wilson memo, without knowledge of an alleged conversation that took place between the former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency and a top aerospace scientist, I'm sorry, that's just appalling, you know, they should have known. And 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 frankly, any official should be briefing themselves about the Admiral Wilson memo and they should be. I mean, I, I think Tom Wilson actually acknowledged in his conversation with Billy Cox, the journalist, that he had been approached by congressional investigators and asked whether he would be prepared to give evidence. And so it does sound like Congress is looking at calling Admiral Wilson. And that's interesting. But the big question is going to be would the admiral be prepared to give his evidence in public hearing or in private hearing and even if he is and even if he's given a waiver and immunity from um, any responsibility for breaching his national security oath would he tell the full extent of what he knows i I don't know and and this is the big issue i mean um but sure as hell, if I was an official right now of the US military defense intelligence establishment, I would be thinking, you know what, these congressmen are pussies, I'm going to come in and just see if I can fob the I'm going to fob them off for another 75 years, you know, um, frankly, I mean, it was pathetic. And and I mean, the best measure to me, frankly, was, if you look at the op ed piece that former uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense Mellon Chris Mellon wrote in anticipation of this hearing. He was clearly hoping for far more incisive and detailed and and insightful questioning. And, uh, you know, the sloppy I've forgotten who it was, but there was one Republican senator who actually led a line of questioning where he invited the two officials to speculate about the irresponsible speculation being made by people on UFO Twitter uh, and and what kind of um, penalties can be taken against them for this kind of egregious breach of national security. And I'm thinking, you pathetic little turd, you know, seriously right i mean you know this is this is if it's true that the u.s military has been hiding this stuff for the last 75 80 years and you your question is what can we do to prosecute these people who are asking these questions we're well beyond the balance of proof now where there is no doubt whatsoever that the u.s government is aware that there is an anomalous technology far in advance of human acknowledged technology that is doing the five observables incredible things on our planet and we're being without any shadow of a doubt we're picking this up on sensor systems now in a way that has not been done as much before but we've always been doing it we've been seeing these objects since at least the second world war and probably earlier it's now incontrovertible and people like elizondo mellon and others are using the words vehicle craft machine technology to describe these objects they're not attributing it attributing it to some natural phenomena it's not weather balloons anymore you know They're talking about a technology, a machine, an intelligently controlled object that is responding to pilots or other interdictions by the US military. To continue the disingenuous line that this is easily potentially capable of being prosaically explained as anomalous weather phenomena or some kind of misidentified technology that's terrestrial. We're way beyond that. And this is the point. The Congress needs to work from the assumption that officials, at least at the beginning, are going to be disingenuous and evasive. Because if you give them that opportunity, they will be
0: right it's almost as if congressman lahoud i believe that was uh thank you Riel, for bringing that up The it was almost like he called up the the defense intelligence individuals beforehand i'm not saying that's what is i'm just making a joke here but it's almost like he called them up and said what do you want me to ask you <laughs> that's
1: yeah i was such a sycophantic i mean and completely unjustified question it was like oh you poor guys you're being asked hard questions by people you know have these people forgotten that that the Congress is, is only there because you, the people, let it be, it's your Congress. And I think one of the things that happens in America particularly is you're such a massively powerful country that you've allowed an enormous amount of power to be vested in the executive discretionary power. and. When Eisenhower made that incredible warning about the dangers of the the military and industrial complex right back in the 1950s when he left power as president, he wasn't saying that idly. You know, there is a hubris and an arrogance that I've struck myself in my career in the defense intelligence establishment in the United States. They think they run the place, they don't, you do. And this is the one opportunity you're getting to ask the hard questions. All I'm saying is don't blow it and don't let some sycophantic congressman ask some stupid series of questions that lets them off the hook.
0: Right. Well, sir, I would like to thank you so very kindly for coming on the show. Um, before we let you go, could you please tell our audience about your fantastic book? I think it's absolutely in plain sight. And anything else
1: you would like to uh, mention? and sure. If anybody wants to know anything about the current subject of ufology or UAPs. I've written a book called In Plain Sight, uh, an investigation into UFOs and impossible science available in all good bookshops, Amazon, Kindle, wherever. I also do a podcast with my friend and colleague, Bryce Zabel, which is called Need to Know. It's on YouTube, Audible, Spotify, all the good podcast websites um and it's www.needtoknow.today
0: fantastic thank you so very much everybody for those that are tuning in later on either watching this visually or listening on the audio side and we will catch you all next time around thank you so very much again ross
1: no problem thank you